This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Four o'clock in the Delaware Valley. Welcome back. John Johnson with you. Three hours down, one to go. One Rob Ellis will take over at that time. We'll pick his brain as we get closer to the five o'clock hour. But right now, nice enough to join us on the line, covers the Philadelphia Phillies for the Inquirer and Inquirer.com. His name is Matt Breen. What's up, Matt? What's up, John? How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. So uh, before we dabble in sports, I got to ask you, uh, ever since you came home when spring training obviously was was canceled and we're now sitting in a, on a hiatus, uh, can you take us through a, a day with Matt Breen? <laughs> It's probably just like a day like everybody else is doing. You're you're doing your work, but you're just, you know, working from home and trying to find things. It's, in our field, it's finding things to write about, and, and half of it is the news of the day, the developments with the coronavirus, and the other half is is thinking outside the box a little bit. And, you know, we still have a newspaper to put out every morning. We still have a website that runs all day and all, all week. So we can't just sit at our hands. It's not like – just like in any field, this isn't really – Oh great! You know we're working from home. It's a vacation. It's it's still you're working. You're trying to find things to write about, and so far we've been able to do it. Um, so uh, one other question. I, I lied. I want one other before we get into sports. Uh, I asked uh, our good friend and uh, colleague uh, Kevin Cooney the same question. Uh, how often has Matt Breen ordered from Pizza City since he's been home? I actually haven't. <gasps> yeah, I don't. I don't even want to admit this because people are going to rip me. I don't eat. I don't eat cheese anymore. Whoa! So. Whoa! 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 whoa. I, uh, no, is this like uh, you know a, uh, a, a, a an issue with lactose or is this? No, I think I, I just get bored and I start cutting things out. And <laughs> this is nobody. It has zero interest. But anyway, I have not ordered from Pizza City. Wow. So if I get pizza, I get pizza without cheese on it, and I go elsewhere now for my pizza needs. It's it's kind of sad. He's going tomato pie. How about that? All right, Matt. So. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, everybody, the entire sports world is just sitting on their hands and hoping things eventually pass and get the all clear to resume some type of play. Um, uh, from what uh, your understanding, who could you continue to be in contact with league officials, with the Phillies, 
uh, with other with colleagues who also cover the team. I mean, what is the latest you've heard as we sit here on April the fifth? Yeah, I don't think anybody really has an idea because it's just so unknown. You don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, let alone what the world's going to look like a month from now. So I know Donald Trump said yesterday that he'd like to get the um, fans back in the stadiums as soon as possible. And, he, and the, the NFL is going to start on time. He said in September, but you know, no one knows that it's, it's hard to, you could, you can't say for certain when it's going to come back. You, you could hypothetically say baseball will be back by the 4th of July, but I'd be lying if I knew that. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I take it a week by week, and um, I, I think you're going to need more, like, you know, there's more important things that have to be done before we can really worry about when sports is going to come back. Yeah. Well, one of the things that many of us are wondering is if that time comes and they say, all right, guys, you can resume team activities, get prepared uh, to start an abbreviated season. How much time do you think is adequate for – to get the players back into some t- sort of mini camp and to get them into uh, well enough a baseball shape to resume play, how much time do you think they would need? I think if they were going to play baseball in 2020, they would need a, a three-week spring training or whatever month or season of the year it is by then of, of a mini camp. Like you said, three weeks is if you go back in time to how they prepared for the 95 season after the strike was ended, it was a three-week camp. Um, in the middle of the 80 season, when uh, 81 season, sorry, when they went on strike, that they came back and had a little, they missed six weeks of the season, had an abbreviated camp right before that season started. But but this is almost unprecedented where you're, you had a full spring training pretty much. Mm-hmm. Season was ready to begin, season gets canceled, and now you're preparing, but the players aren't able to stay fresh. So it's, it's inter- going to be interesting to see it. Just for hypothetical, if they have spring training in June, what, what do the players look like? What do the pitchers' arms look like? Because they haven't really been able to work out because of this social distancing. So I think my guess would be a three-week spring training, but that's, again, something that is going to matter of really what what month it is when baseball comes back. Well, is it safe to assume that if they are able to play at some point uh, you know, this season – it would be expanded rosters, in which case you would need, you know, your minor league affiliates, many of those players, to have their own versions of a camp too, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's more than just the 25 guys that are on the major league roster, and I think it would certainly be expanded to 20 to 29 or 26-man roster. I'm sorry. So it's going to be expanded probably to 30. You'd probably get four extra players, I would think, and most of them are going to be pitchers because – the pitchers, like I mentioned earlier, their arms aren't going to be stretched out. So you're going to have guys that are limited to pitching five innings maybe. That might be the most for the first few weeks of this abbreviated season if, if, if there is an abbreviated season. So you would have a lot of guys in the bullpen, and then you would also have a minor league season that's going to have to get, get started as well. So it's just it's so daunting to think about like how, how you would get this ready in three weeks, but – I think that's what it would take is the three weeks, and then you would probably be helped out, like you said, with the expanded rosters, which would ease it a little bit. Um, so a couple of specifics I want to ask you about, and I know there are things you wrote about that are available on Inquire.com or in your uh, links on your Twitter account at Matt underscore Breen. Uh, for fans who don't know that, you know, we really didn't hear about this until, I guess, when everything went on uh, on hold here, what is going on with Sir Anthony Dominguez? 
Yeah, so he has been – his one first evaluation said he needs Tommy John surgery, and the Phillies wanted him to get a second opinion. So day of his second opinion, and in between his first opinion and his scheduled second opinion, spring training gets canceled. Then the day of his second opinion is the day that the Dominican Republic uh, put on a travel ban. So he had a choice to either stay in, in America and get this second opinion and not be able to go home or to just go home and worry about the second opinion later. So he went home. He's, now he's in the Dominican Republic where he, where he lives, but he doesn't have a second opinion on his Tommy John surgery. And then further complicating that is that Tommy John surgery is, is not an, listed as an essential surgery mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic. So there's like a whole ethical dilemma that even if he was in America, he might not be able to get Tommy John surgery. Like um, Dr. James Andrews shut down his clinic in Florida, and he's, he's the leading surgeon for Tommy John surgery. So it's I, he's not. I would say Sir Anthony Dominguez is not going to pitch this year, mm-hmm. but th- the bigger problem is that he might not be able to pitch next year. Right. Well, he's not, he might, it's going to come down to when he can actually get this surgery. Right, and well, this kind of leads to, uh, I guess, a, an issue that we can date back to last year then. I mean, I, this wasn't uh, – I mean, when you see this happen and it's we're, we were still in spring training at the time, this wasn't discussed last year, and we may lose Sir Anthony for upwards of two seasons because of something that maybe could have been addressed last year? Yeah, and to the Phillies, if the Phillies, this is what they say that he saw Dr. James Andrews last year, and James Andrews recommended him to rest, that he did not need surgery last summer, and he was able to rest and was able to throw off the mound this, this off season, and then able to pitch in games in spring training before. Here it is. He actually needed surgery. He could have got surgery last year, but I mean, it, it's hard to crush him when. James Andrews, if you follow sports, you know that name. Yeah. And, and if he told them not to get surgery, are you going to go against his word, or you're going to you're going to follow him blindly? And I think that's what they did. And here it ended up being wrong. And science, med- medical, you know, science is it's not perfect. It's not. I I, I kind of have a. It's easy to blame him now, but if you go back in time, and I don't think anybody was saying, well, James Andrews said he doesn't need surgery. Well, he should get it anyway. Right. It just here. It's just kind of worst case scenario is what happened. Right. Matt Breen, nice enough to join us this afternoon. Uh, a couple more questions, Matt. So, uh, with everything on hold, does this mean the Phillies can't negotiate with JT Romuto, or are just choosing not to? No, they can't. There's a, there's a roster freeze in in the MLB. No uh, transactions can be made, and and to me, I, I didn't think that extended the contract negotiations, but Matt Clentag told us last week it does, and it's it's everything. It's not just you know um, signing, a, cutting a guy or moving a guy up from the minor leagues to the major league roster. It's, it's extending your own players to contracts. They're not allowed to discuss that with his agent right now, and that that's a big hurt. I mean, I know the Sorrento Dominguez thing is a problem, but this is the bigger problem is that. The Phillies, this is their exclusive window right now. Mm-hmm. If this was everything was normal, they would have the exclusive rights to negotiate with JT Romuto for a contract extension before he goes to free agency. And now, every day that goes past is a day that he moves closer to that free agency to when that window is not exclusive anymore. And there's nothing the Phillies can do about it. They just, they just have to sit there and wait and hope that this pandemic clears up or maybe MLB restricts this roster freeze and lets teams negotiate with their own players 
while the pandemic's here. But right now, that's not the case. So do you, it, do you worry, it's though, Matt? It's thing to think about that. Do you worry, though, if uh, I realize JT Rumuto said all the right things after salary arbitration and not getting two and a half million dollars, two point four million dollars less than what he was asking. And he said all the right things and you wouldn't expect him to say otherwise. He's a great guy. But do you think he feels, um, you know, a little insulted that the Phillies just wouldn't give him what he was asking for and may hold that against them? Should this freeze continue on, you know, until the final moments of what would would have been the 2020 season? I don't think he's going to hold it against them. He's a he's a professional athlete, right? And professional athletes are professional because they get paid. So his most important thing is how much money can I make to play baseball? And if the Phillies are going to pay him more than the New York Mets, then why would he take less to go play for the New York Mets? He's going to take more to play for the Phillies if, if the Phillies have the best offer. He's not going to say, well, you know what? The Phillies offer isn't as, is higher than the New York Mets offer, but I'm, I'm really annoyed that you guys slighted me $2 million in February, so I'm going to take less money now, hurt myself, mm. just to stick it to you and play for the Mets. So I, I think it's, you know, as – us people that aren't millionaire baseball players, we can be like, you know, I'd be aggravated. I, I would take it out on him. But if you think about it, he's not going to go hurt himself in the offseason just to stick it back to the Phillies where all everything else, it seems like he loves A, playing in Philadelphia, and B, playing in this clubhouse. Him and Bryce Harper are best friends. I think this is where he wants to stay. I'm sure he was slighted that he didn't get $12 million in February, but he's not going to pass up a chance to – set a record for a free catcher if that's what it could be this offseason and to come back to Philly. Right. Well, the final thing I have to talk to you about, I, I would guarantee you didn't expect me to uh, at any point in time ever uh, on the air. So uh, I finally got a taste, uh, or we are getting a taste of what it might be like uh, to have sports resume without fans uh, in an arena or at a ballpark or at a stadium uh, if and probably when that time comes. And we're getting that via the uh, WWE. And, uh, Matt, I finally got to the point, and I watched it as a kid when it was the WWF, uh, and I hadn't watched it in a long, long time. And one of my kids is really into it. So I said, my, I have been so starved for live sports of some sort that yesterday around 5 p.m. we subscribed to the WWE Network and watched the first night of WrestleMania. Um, I... I which I advise, which I've advised everybody since I've been on the air to do, because it is something and it is entertainment and it's stage. But again, uh, it's some type of live sports to watch. How has the WWE been able to do this while other sports haven't been able to? I think Vince McMahon thinks like COVID nineteen is just a, a storyline, and he's just going with it. Oh, God, I, it's just it's incredible that he's been able to do it, and that they've been able to go on twice a week live TV, and now they have their biggest pay-per-view of the year is, is going over two nights in a row. And I, it's not for everybody. I mean, I love wrestling. I'm not ashamed of that. But it's not I, – I understand why people think it's weird or, or they think it's immature. But it, it's nice to have, a, to have that still, to have – it's something to look forward to. When, when you, like you said, there's no live sports. Mm -hmm. There's at least every Monday, Friday, and now – Saturday and Sunday of this weekend is that there's something to watch. And it's not the same product that it was a year ago when there's, when your WrestleMania is usually in a 60,000 seat football stadium. Right. And that's where it should be. That's where it belongs. But it's different to watch that on a, you know, technically a sound stage with no crowd. 
but it's better than nothing. And uh, I just hope that they're doing, they're taking all the proper precautions and, and keeping it safe, which they say they are doing. Well, my final question, which I don't know if you can answer or not, but I'm sure you, you, you'll have a, 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 an opinion on it. I, uh, when I stopped watching, when I was probably 10, 11 years old, uh, maybe even 12, the Undertaker was a new up-and-coming wrestler, and he was a heel, and it was the you know it was very you know, it was very easy to watch because you didn't want to see this man win matches. And I tune in last night, and forgive me for those who watch it all the time who are laughing at me right now. I said, "My God, the man is still wrestling. Uh, it, how is this guy's body not have? It looks like it's it, he had to have fallen apart by now. How is this possible? And he's like six foot ten, six eleven too, isn't he?" Yeah, he's a huge guy. He looks great, and I thought last night was awesome. I mean, I, you know, I loved it. And they promote a uh, like a part mini series they're going to put on, on the network about this match, about how the Undertaker, like real life Undertaker, how he prepared for it and stuff. So I saw that, and I'm like, oh great, that's another thing to watch to buy me buy me through some 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 of these dark nights when there's nothing on TV. Mm-hmm. And it's. It's fun. I love it. I, I love the, the network. You can go back and watch old stuff. And I, I again, <laughs> I know it's not for everybody, but that that has always been my thing. And it's just it, tonight's going to be fun. All right. Final question then, and it has to do with uh, all the the four major sports. Is there? Can you foresee any way possible that when sports does resume and players do get out on the court, on the ice, on the field, whatever it may be? Can you foresee any way that fans will be in the stadium when that time comes? I think just speaking for baseball, because I don't, I don't know, you know, how the other contracts are paid in the other sports, but a large chunk of the baseball contract is based on, and I can assume it is for the other sports, it's based on ticket sales, concessions, merchandise, you know, how much gate revenue these teams can make. And I just don't see, you can't pay, just we'll say Bryce Harper, for instance, you can't pay his salary if the stands are empty. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to be a problem. They make it. They do make a ton of money on TV revenue, but they make a huge chunk of, the, of their income at the gate, at, at the ballpark, parking, all that. So I, I think there's going to be. If you had no fans in the stadium, I think that would mean that the players would have to agree to some type of prorated contract or pay cut, and that's another obstacle. So I think. This, I think sports will resume with fans in the stands just because and, – and so that might – that pushes it back a little bit further. But that's the only way baseball can exist, in my opinion, is it with fans in attendance. His name is Matt Breen. He's the Phillies beat writer for the Inquirer, inquirer.com. He likes WWE, no longer eats cheese. <laughs> for links to all his stories and the latest news coming from Major League Baseball, uh, follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Breen. Matt, thanks, man. Thanks, John. You found out a lot in this 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate the call. Matt's a good guy. Matt uh, went to Archbishop Ryan in the uh, far northeast for those who uh, who went there. 215-592-0. Oh, man, I always give out the old numbers. I always said 0610. 215-592-9494. It's still tough to get used to these new phone numbers. 215-592-9494. I'll say it over and over again in my head. Now's the time to get on board. We have two full segments to go. And we'll hand it over to Rob Bell. So jump on these lines. Our time's 422. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.